Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement. Hey, everybody. It's another edition of The Retirement Pilot. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. As always, I'm here with Steve Hoover. Steve, my friend, how are you? Doing great, Mark. How was your holiday? Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Always enjoy the holiday. I am still fat kid crashing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I, I tried to pace myself. Did you? Yeah. I, I mean, I did. No, I just like to throw myself under the bus. But it was, uh, I just love Thanksgiving. I had a good time. So I'm glad to hear that you did as well. And anything exciting or just kind of hang around uh, around the house? Or did you guys go anywhere? Uh, I got to watch football. That's my exciting part of my go. time. I love football and that's a great couple of days to watch some so yeah. i got to got to do it i love it very cool yeah my daughter came home from the navy she got leave so it was nice to see her for a couple of days she brought a couple of sailors with her a couple of her uh, dorm mates i guess they live too far they the girls live in california and they couldn't you know get home for a short time for leave so we invited them to come have thanksgiving with us so that was nice so, That's very nice. Yeah, it's always good kind of stuff. So I hope everybody listening to the podcast had a fantastic holiday as well. And of course, as always, you can go check out Steve at his website at wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com. All right, let's get into it. This week's topic is estate planning mistakes and how to avoid some of these. So I've got a couple of biggies here for you. And Steve, you give us some thoughts on, on just some, you know, a couple bullet points or things to think about when it comes to some of these uh, categories. So some do's and don'ts type of thing. So failing to plan for expenses that can be foreseen, like so healthcare, for example, you know, it's going to be there. So how do we go about, avoid, you know, making sure we're good with these uh, estate planning issues. Well, you want to make sure sometimes on the estate planning side, you have the right documentation in place as well. You know, making sure you have a trust and or a power of attorney in place as well. So you always want to make sure those are in place and the funding mechanisms to help the trustee or the power of attorney to cover those healthcare costs uh, need to be planned for. There was a study actually done by Fidelity, I think a year or two ago, and they said when somebody hits retirement or during their retirement years, I should say, they're probably going to spend between $250,000 and $300,000 on healthcare expenses. And that's not long-term care. That's, that's basically things that Medicare is not going to cover. So that needs to be addressed in your plan as well, plus having the right people and the right documents in place. Gotcha. Okay. So, and speaking of documents, let's go to number two and how to avoid that. And that's the beneficiary designations, keeping those up to date. A lot of people, you know, don't realize that that trumps things like a will, right? If, the, if it's wrong, if it's listed as this person and you didn't want it to be that person, that's too bad. That's correct. There was actually a Supreme Court ruling a number of years ago. I believe it was the Kennedy case. And it basically came down to this. It said, who is listed as the beneficiary on that beneficiary form is the beneficiary. You can have all the documentation you want. You can have deathbed signatures, anything. But who's listed on that beneficiary designation form is getting the money, period. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And so, and it, and it trumps these things. And so uh, you might say, well, you know, my life isn't that way, blah, 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 blah. But you never know what's going to change you. If you had some policies or some different things and you did get remarried, hopefully you remembered to change that because I'm sure that would not be fun to have no. the ex-spouse on there. Uh, maybe it's, um, you know, maybe one of your children got a divorce and you had a, a son-in-law or daughter-in-law that you no longer want on or 
uh, an estranged child. I mean, there's just so many things, right? There is. And and one of the things you brought it up, the second marriage, death of a spouse. Okay. You know, where you've not released, you know, taken that spouse's name off of the beneficiary form. And then you don't have somebody else listed as a contingent beneficiary. And then you pass away. Well, that money's all going to go through probate and it's ultimately going to get to pretty much who you wanted it to get to for the most part. Right. Um, there's another issue that I always talk about is that if, let's say you have two children, each one has a child and you don't have a designation on there called per stirpes. It's P-E-R then S-T-I-R-P-E-S. And let's say your, your son passes away before you do and you make no changes and you don't have that per stirpes language on it. You pass away. All the money that you wanted to go to your son and ultimately to his child or your grandson is now going to go to, to the other uh, sibling. And the only way that that other grandchild is going to get any money is if that sibling or now aunt or uncle has to be nice, take a cash taxable distribution and give it to that child. And I've seen it. I've been through it with clients and, and I've seen it uh, with people coming in and tell me that doesn't usually happen. So again, it's making sure you have the right proper designations and then having that persterpes language in there avoids what's called unintentional disinheritance. And uh, if you look at your will, when you go through and look at your will, you'll see persterpes all over the place because the will wants to make sure we don't have any unintentional disinheritance. So that's critical, especially in beneficiary designation forms. Okay. All right. So another great place to think about when we're talking about avoiding critical estate planning mistakes, some good ideas here from Steve Hoover, failing to take steps to avoid conflict and potential family litigation. Uh, again, back to the will and the trust, you know, communication, a lot of things you can do some of this just by simply talking because you certainly don't want your family fighting over all this stuff. No, you don't. And even if you have documents down or the beneficiaries done right, that doesn't mean that the other side can't come in and try to challenge it. I went through that here a couple of years ago and it really was uncomfortable to have to deal with, with two siblings, you know, going at each other over dad's money. Right. And, and everything was done correctly, but these two didn't talk. These two didn't like each other. So there was no communication and you could do the best you can uh, of having the right documentation, telling them sometimes you just can't do anything about it because when money is involved, gloves come off. Yeah. I'm just, I've, I've seen it so many times and it could be as little as a thousand dollars and it could destroy a relationship between um, two siblings. So it's really hard to watch, quite frankly. Um, oh, yeah. I've been through it a yeah. couple of different times and oh boy, I'll tell you, it's quite amazing what happens. And, and I always tell clients when I'm working with them, when you were you're raising your children, did you ever have to be a referee between your two children? or three or whatever. Right. And, oh, right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. had to, oh yeah, we had to, to do that. Well, guess what? You are both gone. There's no referee and there's money involved. Guess yeah. what's going to happen? Yeah. We're going to have them go at each other. And if you don't want that to happen, there are things that we can do to try to make sure that doesn't happen. Communication, making sure the right documents are in place, making them understand why the documents are the way they are. Don't just spring it on them or have it sprung on them when you when you're both are gone by the attorney. Then it just doesn't work very well that way. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. It can definitely be a, a challenging and you know an unpleasant situation that you can hopefully avoid uh, by just taking care of some things. And communication is obviously the first key. Two more here on our list of things we're going to go through. Hopefully, you're finding this useful in estate planning mistakes to avoid. Uh, transferring real estate while still living versus instead of death. Give us some thoughts here. People ask me that all the time. And the problem with doing that is once you, if you gift, let's say you gift your house. Okay. Let's put some numbers to it. Let's assume you bought your house for $100,000 and you lived in that house for 40 years. And some people have done that. Now it's worth 400000 And you decide that you've heard about this thing called probate and you want to make sure your house doesn't go through probate. And right. you heard that if you took that house out of your name and gave it to your child as a gift, it would not be go through probate. Right. And that's absolutely right. But here's the problem. Once you do and you give that house to your child or children, you've essentially transferred your cost basis, which is $100,000 to them, and the house is worth four hundred. dollars There's $300,000 of capital gain that those kids are going to have to pay when they sell the house, as opposed to if you have the house, you pass away and you leave it to them, they pay no capital gains because they get what's called a step-up in basis or stepped-up in value from what you paid for it to what the value of the house was at the date of your death. So if you're worried about trying to get it out of your out of your name and into your child's name, what you basically do in Kansas is called a beneficiary deed. And it basically says, I own the house, I can do with it what I want, but if I'm when I die, let's say we have two kids, each of my children get 50% of the house without going through probate, they still get the step up in basis and they can sell it and have no tax implication or probate problem either. All right. Well, fantastic information here from Steve Hoover today on the podcast. So the final one then, uh, and and that's just the tax implications, which you kind of touched on a few things right there with the step up and uh, with the uh, the value of the home. But what about the tax side, not considering the tax implications of your overall estate when you leave it to whoever? True. And the most of the assets that are held outside of IRAs, life insurance, things of that nature, are going to have no tax implications. So, in other words, if you do it properly, your house will have no capital gains problems. If you own some stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what have you, in a non-IRA brokerage account and you leave it to some heirs, they're not going to pay any taxes either. So, basically, when you with your estate, the estate tax issue, some people are like, well, I have to pay estate taxes. Well, if your estate is worth more than $11.5 million dollars, per individual, yeah, you'll have some federal estate tax. If your estate is worth over a million dollars in the state of Kansas, there are some inheritance taxes that could be due. But for most people, that's not going to impact them at all. The The biggest piece that taxes are going to hit people in your estate are on your IRAs, 401ks, 457 plans, 403b, anything that's never had any taxes on it and you die, you're going to leave it to somebody, they're going to have to pay taxes on it. Gotcha. Um, and there's one other thing here, and you have life, you, I think you may have brought it up, but on life insurance, and we talked about that earlier. Here's an issue that people have got to be, um, make sure it's done right. And I've, I've evaluated a number of life insurance policies and found this problem. And it's where on a life insurance policy, you have three entities. You have the owner of the policy, the insured, and then the beneficiary. Okay. And sometimes when these policies are put in place, the owner is different than the beneficiary, than the insured. So you may have dad as the owner, you may have mom as the insured, and you may have son as the beneficiary. When you have that, 
you have violated what's called the Goodman rule, which basically says those death benefits coming out to the son who's a benefit are taxable. In order to make life insurance income tax free, two of those three have to be the same. So the owner and the insured can be the same and the beneficiary can be separate, but two of those three have to be different. And you can see that in some estate plans that I've reviewed where there are three different entities involved. And you can't do anything about that once that person passes away. That's the way it's going to be. So those life insurance proceeds are supposed to be tax-free. If you violate that Goodman rule and you have three different entities in the, the life insurance policy, that's going to be taxable. Gotcha. All right. Well, great information. Great podcast, folks. Hopefully you enjoyed this. We had a lot of good conversation with Steve today uh, about things to think about when it comes to our estate planning. We had to avoid some critical mistakes in that arena. As always, you can back up us a podcast and listen to some parts again if you're unclear on some things or you want to learn more. Definitely subscribe to the podcast on Google or Spotify or Apple. Uh, and always you know, reach out to Steve before you take any action. If you've got some detailed questions you want to get uh, answered, get on his calendar at 913-685-3207 that's 913-685-3207 and subscribe to the podcast by going to steve's website wealthpartnerskc.com and uh, you can send an email too and we'll finish up with an email this week from helen helen says steve are there really no tax implications to rolling over my 401k i do not like the investment options in my 401k but i don't want to roll it over and get hit with a big tax bill either No, there isn't a tax bill if you roll it over. If you do it properly, you do what's called a trustee to trustee transfer. There are no taxes because you don't really take possession of the money. But on some 401ks, you can take a distribution. They'll send it to you. They will withhold 20%. But as long as you get that back into an IRA, there is no tax implication. The only problem is that 20% they withheld, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to come up with that to offset that. So most of the time, that is not what occurs. And it's very easy to find out if it does. If they actually send the check made out directly to you, that is not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be made out to the new custodian for your benefit. If it's made out that way, you're fine. But for the most part, when we do a transfer, it's usually from one trustee to another, no tax implications that you have to worry about at all. So, Also, one other thing, if you are in a 401k, you don't like your options and you're 59 and a half or older, you can do what's called an in-service transfer. And that basically allows you to take the money out of your 401k, roll it into an IRA tax-free, and then you can invest your money now in anything that's out there. You're not limited to what the options are in your 401k. That's called an in-service transfer. Gotcha. Okay. Well, again, hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast. A lot of good information. Hopefully that helps you out, Helen. Uh, but as not, you know, if it doesn't quite, quite clear it up for you and you have some more questions, give Steve a call. 913-685-3207. As always, Steve, thanks for your time on The Retirement Pilot. I appreciate you here each and every week you're on the podcast. Appreciate it, Mark. Thanks. Absolutely. And folks, make sure that you check him out online. Go to wealthpartnerskc.com. Steve's got more than 20 years of experience. You can give him a call and you can come in for that uh, complimentary retirement edge process uh, simply by letting him know you'd like to talk with him. 913-685-3207. And we'll catch you next time here on The Retirement Pilot. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.